0: Robin Nunley and he is going to be talking about uh, working successfully with your Chinese business partner. Now we're doing a series of uh, 10 series on on this particular topic Uh, so good morning to you Robin.
1: Good morning Sophie.
0: Robin would you just like to just introduce yourself and just tell us a little bit about you and then we can uh, try and get into this topic which sounds quite interesting.
1: Yes, I'll do that with pleasure. Uh, I've been doing business in China for uh, uh, over 25 years. uh, And I I started off uh, my career uh, doing international business uh, and had no connection with China, but I did have some connections with Eastern Europe. uh, And I obtained a small assignment with a company in London, which was a consultancy company. uh, And they wanted me to talk to them about developing their marketing. And when I got there, uh, I found that they were just at the beginning of developing some business in China. Uh, And because I had experience of international business uh, and and also uh, experience of communist countries, that they, they thought that my experience there might help them develop uh, their business in China. What was quite apparent was that the communist countries that I'd been dealing with were no, bore no comparison at all uh, to what was happening in China, uh, but they didn't know anything. Uh, and in a way I didn't know anything about China. So you know, we learned uh, as we went along and we did some really good business and we learnt an awful lot. Uh, and I'm still learning about China 25 years later because it's a dynamic uh, environment uh, and things change all the time.
0: Yes. Well, that, that sounds interesting. So you're saying that your first, your, your first real um, dive in, into doing business with China was over 25 years ago, Robin.
1: Yes, that's correct. No, I think it 1992 it was.
0: Right, that's a long time.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and things have, you know, changed enormously in China. Uh, I I mean, when I first went to China, uh, it was totally different. You know, the airport was was old fashioned. Uh, There was a sort of, you know, just an ordinary road between the airport and Beijing, uh, and sort of farm vehicles on the road and people walking and on bicycles now of course there's a motorway straight into the center of Beijing and into and the same with other cities in China so there's a there's a many many differences and what China has done in the last 25 years is nothing short of staggering. Yes
0: yeah, so I'm I really just really wanted to um move, move on then really um you know I'll, I'll, what we're going to really be talking about today is working successfully with your Chinese business partner. Um, how how does how does anybody actually do that, Robin?
1: Well, uh, first of all, of course, you've got to have a partner, uh, uh, and the, if you are new to China, uh, then you've got to find out where your potential customers are. When I talk about partners, I'm really talking about customers or business partners or joint venture partners or things like that. So you need to do some market research uh, as to what is the what are the opportunities for your company in China. Uh, and the obvious way to do this initially is, is on the internet. Uh, and there's a lot more information available now uh, than there was when I uh, first started working with China, when in fact there was no information available. And you might see, for example, one article per month uh, about China in the Financial Times, whereas now I would make a bet that almost every newspaper uh, of note uh, has some article about China virtually every day. So it's easy, much easier to get information. but it's it, it still can be quite difficult trying to get specific company information.
0: Absolutely. I mean, I think what really fascinates me, Robin, is um, you know your journey um, of, of doing in business in China for over 25 years. And when, when you talked about, you, you know, your, your first company was, um, you know, working in London, a marketing company. I mean, do you want to talk us through, you know, what you actually did for them? You know, especially uh, taking into consideration, this was 25 years ago yeah. um, and we don't have the Internet, you know, and all the information that we had now.
1: Okay. Uh, I mean, my, 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 my initial uh, assignment with this company, it, it was a, they, they were a financial consultancy, uh, and their marketing wasn't very good. And they asked me if I could do a, 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 an assessment of them and make some recommendations, which, which I did. And it took me about three weeks to do it. Uh, and of course, in a three-week period in an office with people, Uh, you don't just talk about the assignment. So they they asked me about my background, which I've mentioned a little earlier, uh, and they were interested in that, particularly as they were employing a Chinese lady. Uh, I think she'd only been working there uh, two or three weeks when I actually went there uh, and they, they asked me to work with her. Uh, and we went to China, we made, my, uh, we made a visit to China, and I remember it very well. It was in December, 1992. Uh, and uh, there are all sorts of things I remember. The, the one thing I can't forget is just how cold it was in China. Uh, and especially as we went right up into the north, into Harbin. Now, now this lady uh, was not experienced in, in China as uh, in china business uh, but she was very well connected her her grandfather had been an old revolutionary uh, and uh, i remember the first day i spent in china in the afternoon i went to a wedding uh, which was an interesting experience and in the evening i, I had dinner with the minister of energy so that shows how you know how well connected they were and and connections are extremely important in china Uh, and we met some of her connections we traveled uh, around part of the country uh, and i very soon realized that doing business in china was totally different from doing business in eastern europe Uh, And and it's quite complicated. Uh, And I I think this lady and I, you know, we learnt as we went along, and that that actually continued for several years with this this company. uh, That we nobody knew anything at that time, Sophie, Uh, you know, and we were I think we were fairly smart. I like to think so, at least. Uh, And we we in many ways we just get one jump ahead, Uh, and sometimes we didn't always tell the truth. I mean, I remember going with a client to to Guangzhou, uh, which was a a city I'd never visited before. uh, But for some reason, one of my colleagues had told them that we'd been there before. So what I did was got a guide. I think it was a Lonely Planet guide, actually, to China, uh, and read up about Guangzhou. And then You know, I was able to answer questions and I don't think they ever realized that this was my first visit to Guangzhou because I could give them lots of information about the city and the sites and so on. And that's how we uh, we stayed ahead. I mean, it wasn't only about cities, it was about ways of doing business, in in particular joint ventures, how joint ventures are negotiated. Uh, And I, I think we did a really good job and we learned an enormous amount.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's really interesting, Robin, that, you know, if, if we look now, 25 years later um, and, you know, every newspaper and every article that we now pick up, uh, China is in there. And and it wasn't uh, before, was it? So, no. Um, you, no. Um, so it, it, it's quite interesting now that a lot of businesses now are looking to see, well, how do I do business with China? Um, and and the but it's and I wonder if you could just talk to us, um, you know, because a partners we we see partners in the UK as a business partner, but actually what you've just said it's it's about customers and it, it sounds as if it's it's about relationships and it's about yes connections and and, and businesses are actually going over there as well.
1: Yes, uh, I, I mean I think what you've got to do, Sophie. Uh, as you know, if, if you know nothing about China, is it, it, to do some background preparation. I, I, I mean, it, it, in business, I, I think preparation is extremely important. Uh, and as I said earlier, there's quite a lot of information available on the internet. Uh, there are reports uh, that are available to be purchased uh, about various sections of Ch- of Chinese business. You know, you, you, you can find you can get a proprietary report on, say, the chemical industry or the automotive industry or any other industry. Now, the, the, these things vary in price from anywhere between, say, $400, because they're usually in dollars, up to 4000 £5,000, depending on the complexity of it. Uh, and you may not want to go that far. There are also other organizations uh, like the China-Britain Business Council, for example, who can help. Uh, they've, they've got a lot of information uh, and also, uh, in addition, uh, the commercial departments in the embassy in Beijing uh, or in the various consulates. So I think there are about 10 consulates scattered around China, and they can be very helpful in give, giving you information. Uh, and once you've got this information, uh, which I would recommend, by the way, you did in a structured way, you know, like a market research program, But once you've got this information, that's your uh, secondary research, more or less completed. And then you want to do some primary research. And the the only way to do this, as far as I'm concerned, is to go to China. Uh, And the the, um, the embassy will help you with appointments. uh, And you may have come across... uh, Other companies that you want to might want to meet and so you can write to them and ask for appointments, but it's it's often not easy to get appointments with Chinese companies Uh, and if you've got some uh, intermediary. uh, That you can use you already know somebody in China, that is also a very good way uh, of getting an appointment uh, with a Chinese company.
0: So Robin, let's go back a little bit. So when you went over uh, 25 years ago um, and you you landed, I think you said you, you first went to, is it yes, Beijing? Yes, I went um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so did you have to do, you, you talked about um, marketing, you, you talked about the first stage and then the second stage. So when you went to China, was that considered as marketing for you at that time? Mm-hmm. Actually going
1: yeah. there. Yes, uh, I mean when, I, uh, as I mentioned earlier, Sophie, there there was virtually no information available about China at all uh, in terms of business. Uh, so that I, I was very lucky to meet this lady, uh, and uh, you know she, she was able to because of her relationship. Now, kind uh, of, could I could I just say something about yeah. the relationship? The relationship that. Extraordinarily yes. important in China. The Chinese word for it is Guanxi, uh, and with Guanxi you can do more or less anything in China. Without it, uh, you, you're more or less blocked. So you want to cultivate uh, as many people as you can who, because you can use their relationships to get you into companies. Uh, and uh, you know, over over my uh, Period of experience of China. I've been very fortunate in knowing Chinese people who are able to get me into meetings, who can uh, uh, phone up these companies uh, uh, and arrange for a meeting. Whereas, you know, if you sent an email, you probably wouldn't even get a reply. Uh, it, it, as I said earlier, it's difficult to contact Chinese companies. So I, I, I think. You need an intermediary. It could be the China-Britain Business Council because I think they will uh, arrange meetings for you. It could be the embassy. Uh, it could be uh, just somebody that, that that you know. I mean, I, I we have an office in Beijing uh, where the people are well connected, and we we've always been very successful in getting meetings with the right people, uh, and you know, that that. That's really what you, you have to do. You have to talk to the right people and use your relationships and find who the decision makers are.
0: So when we first, first spoke, Robin, you, you said that um, China was a, is it a communist country, which is completely different, isn't it? To, um, I think you said you, you were working at the time in, in Eastern Europe, yes. but also yes. in the UK. I mean, could you just talk a little bit about the, the, you know, the main differences between East and West in the business concept, you know, in terms of doing business?
1: Yes, uh, the, 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 the main difference, Sophie, is that the government plays a huge part in all businesses in China. Uh, you no, know, be they uh, state owned enterprises, Uh, or private businesses, you know, without good government connections, a Chinese business would not be able to exist. Uh, And and these these connections, you know, they get you business, they get you bank loans, uh, they get you staff and so on. It's, China is a, a, a place where relationships are very important. And where the where you have to have re- relationships with the government, uh, and and the, and the government people are very good. You know, I I've, I've been uh, quite impressed by the people that I've met, and we've you know we've had uh, uh, meetings with the the Ministry Ministry of Commerce, the Ministry of State State Security, uh, the mis- Ministries of Machine Industry, and so on. Uh, uh, and uh, it's all it is. It is always important to take government into account. One of the things you want to talk to the ministries, for example, uh, is to find out what uh, the, the plans are. Remember, because it's a, a communist state, uh, the, the economy is planned. And most people, I think, who've dealt with China have learned about five-year plans. And you can, you can download the five-year plan nowadays uh, from the uh, internet, but it does not give you enough information and you really want to know the specific plans that they have for your industry uh, in detail and that's why it is good to talk to the to, to, to the government and also they may recommend companies uh, to you that, that you might work with you need to exercise some caution there because what you don't want to do is, is that for them to recommend a company very heavily. Uh, and in, when you do your due diligence on this company, it's not what you want. And then you, you, know, you don't want to upset the ministry uh, because then you will cause them uh, to lose face. Uh, uh, but you don't, don't want to do a deal with this particular company. So, so you need to have some circumspection uh, with the with the government when you deal deal with it and don't uh, for example if they say oh well you should do a deal with such and such a company you'd you, I would say well yeah we we'll, 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 we'll have a look at them on the other hand sometimes it does yes. happen you have to do a deal with this company and you have to make the best of it
0: So, you talked about um, losing face. Um, What do you mean by losing face?
1: Right. Uh, Let me take a step back. There are three important things in China. Uh, One is power. One is money. And the third one is face. And if I were to hazard a guess, I would say that face uh, was more important than either of the other two, than, than either money or power and faces is, is really your your personal dignity. Uh, and uh, it, it, it's how you appear to the outside world and how you make other people appear to the outside world that you, the, the, the people you're dealing with. And, you know, like most people, uh, the Chinese don't want to be made a fool of, they don't want to look silly. Uh, but it's much, you know, it is so much more important in China. I mean, if I'm made to look silly in a meeting, you know, I, I would tend to shrug my shoulders and say, "Okay, I won't deal with that company again." Uh, but if you cause somebody in China to lose face, you can make an enemy for life, uh, and you would never do any business that he was connected or he or she were, were connected in. Equally, on the other hand, you can give people face. You know, you can uh, you can praise them in front in front of their bosses. You can praise their companies. Uh, you can tell the boss how good he is in a in a in a sort of subtle way. Uh, you can take them to banquets. You can entertain them. Uh, all of these things uh, give face uh, and and help to build the relationship. But but the the the, the key area is the loss of face. So if you you know if somebody loses face in China, it is an extremely extremely important thing. Uh, and uh, as I mentioned, it makes it very difficult to do business with somebody who you've caused to lose face.
0: Yeah, it's it's quite interesting because Robin, I go to a lot of uh, business meetings in in the UK, and uh, you know, it's it's all about um, getting to know somebody and you know, building relationships, which yep. I've I've tried to do over um, over ten years. Um, and, uh, you know, my first experience in Shanghai, went, when I went to, was, was a big eye opener uh, for me, um, because I, my perception of what I thought it was, and, and the reality was almost two very, very, very different things. So, um, what, what I, I would like to ask you um, actually robin is that there are many levels isn't there in business you've got very big business you have medium-sized business and then you have the smaller businesses how do you think um, taking it in consideration the many different levels of businesses who are all looking for growth they're all looking for opportunities how can they successively work with a Chinese business partner, maybe starting maybe with the smaller size businesses first, and then maybe working upwards?
1: Yes, Uh, I I mean, if if you're a small or medium sized enterprise in the UK and want to work with China, I I, I think that you have to have a a certain critical mass. Uh, China is an expensive place to do business, and it is time-consuming, so you know if you if you have a small business of say twenty people, uh, and you're the owner of this business, uh, you can't really afford to take a couple of weeks out uh, every three or four months to go to China. Uh, you would have to employ somebody specifically to do that, and that becomes expensive. Uh, and so I, I think that you, I maybe. Ideally, you should have a couple of hundred employees, something like that, so that you can can devote the time and the effort and the money to developing your business in China. However, that doesn't mean that a small company could not be successful in China, because I've known a number of examples of companies that have done very well. Uh, But you do have to remember uh, that it does take time and you will have to. Uh, go to China. And in my experience, you can't go to China and and do a deal. Uh, Maybe if you're buying from the Chinese, it's possible. Uh, But if you want to, certainly if you want to sell to them, or if you want to do something like a joint venture, uh, or set up an office in China, these things take, take time. Uh, For example, the joint ventures I've worked on have taken anywhere between six and 24 months uh, to bring to fruition. Uh, So you you need to be prepared to devote the time to get the result that you're looking for. But there's no reason why small and medium-sized enterprises shouldn't uh, uh, do very well in China, especially if you've got in something like a high-tech area. Uh, with with a product that the Chinese might want, because nowadays, I think you'll find that the Chinese have got most products that they make themselves, which doesn't mean, of course, that you can't sell to them. Um, I mean, uh, there are plenty of companies selling high-end consumer goods, for example, uh, into China. It's a a very large market, Uh, and uh, the Chinese themselves make all of these consumer goods, but... Foreign products have a certain cachet, you know, they're looked upon uh, as being uh, better than the products made in China. And, you know, to get back to the the thing about face, if if a Chinese is wearing, uh, you know, a 20,000 pound Rolex watch, that will give him face. Those are the sort of things uh, that people in China notice. Um, I, I personally, I can't speak for anybody else. I would hardly notice what sort of watch somebody is wearing. Uh, but in China, they are very important. And they've, uh, in, indeed, in the UK, they're very important at times, you know, uh, to be, you, you meet businessmen who are, have expensive suits, expensive shoot, uh, shoes, and so on. So, so the, the market exists for high end stuff in China. Uh, and, and that's why you need to do the market research, just to make sure that there is a market for your product, uh, and then you can develop a, a market entry strategy to sell it to a Chinese company or more than one Chinese company. One one point I would like to make, uh, uh, Sophie, is that China is an, an enormous country. I know that's a truism <clears throat> with, with, with 1.4 billion uh inhabitants. But there is no way, except for very large companies, that that you can cover China. Uh, You've got to do it uh, almost certainly on a provincial basis, so province by province, and I think there are 31 provinces in China, uh, or even a city by city basis. You know, a, a city like Shanghai has 14, 15 million people. Well, you know, a country like the Netherlands also has 14 or 15 million people. So uh, it, it, the, depending on what your business is, uh, there should be a, a, a lot of business in, in a place like Shanghai or Beijing. Uh, where, where, but, but beware if you come across a distributor and you say, what areas do you cover? And it's a, it's a comparatively small company and he says, oh, I cover the whole of China. Uh, I, I, I never believe that sort of thing because if you're in Beijing, uh, the, t- the chances are that you've got very few contacts in, in Guangzhou, you know, which is nearly 2,000 miles to the south. Uh, and, and that it's not visited uh, frequently enough. So I, I believe it's much better to... If if you are selling in China, say through a distributor, to say to the distributor that you're thinking of appointment appointing, you can only I only want you to sell in Beijing, and if you're successful in Beijing, then we can extend it to other areas. But you know you're you're talking if you talk about provinces in in China, uh, Guangzhou, which, uh, sorry Guangdong, which is the uh, the largest province, it has 110 million people. Now that's larger than any country in Western Europe. Uh, and, and you wouldn't dream of, of, of having uh, one distributor for the whole of Europe, for example, yeah. as a UK company. And you, and you shouldn't uh, uh, do that in China as well. And there are, there are other provinces, I think Shandong has got 90 million people. Uh, Zhejiang has 35 or 40 million. They, they, you know, they're, they're as big as countries in their own right.
0: I am so glad, Robin, that you've said that because I've, I've started to see um, many uh, marketing products saying, uh, um, you know, get your business over to China. It, you know, we can, it can happen kind of like within five minutes. Um, and, you know, and there, there is this big, campaign out there at the moment. So it's, it's really quite interesting uh, talking to you about the 31 different provinces in China and just the scale of it and, and actually really saying that you, you really need to have a, a, a strategy plan in place and, and really start with one province first um, and build from there and not try to uh, eat an elephant uh, as, 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 as is now, uh, being portrayed out there uh, to, to many businesses that that can happen.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think you, you put it very well, Sophie. You know, you, you don't want to eat an elephant. Uh, it, it's um, I, I, I believe in, in in selling that you know that concentration ha- has has big benefits. You know, you, there's, there's no way that you could deal with a country the size of China with the intensity that you need to deal when you're, try, when you're trying to develop a business. Uh, I, I mean, just logistically, it, 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 it's very difficult, you know, uh, when, you, when you've got to fly everywhere and, you know, I think it's about, I can't remember, I think it's about a, a four-hour flight down from Beijing uh, to Guangzhou, uh, five hours over to the west to a, to a place like Arunqi, Um, Maybe, I think it's a couple of hours to Shanghai Uh, and and you're much better off, as I say, concentrating and then expand, you know, nobody's saying you can't expand into into the other uh, provinces, uh, but get to know the provincial market first uh, and and when you're satisfied that, that you're getting all the business out of that market that you can, then is the time to move into another province. And by which time, of course, you've gained lots and lots of experience from where you have been working, and you can transfer that experience and knowledge to the new market. And I think that gives you a much better chance of being successful.
0: Yeah, so it sounds as if that a strategy plan would have to be in place first before you even go to China you know, you've really got to do that um, that research right at the very beginning, because it sounds as if Robin, but if you don't, it can be a very expensive uh, exercise.
1: And futile at times, uh, of course, if you don't do the research. Uh, I mean, my favoured approach is to do some market research, to do some desk research, Sophie. Uh, so that is, you know, yeah. uh, trade publications, uh, reports, the internet, and so on. So so at least then you've got some knowledge and you can develop a, a, a sort of thesis about the market, what you think it might be like. Then this that's the secondary research. Then the next stage, I think, is to go to China to do some primary research to test this thesis. Uh, and the big advantage of doing that it, it, for me is that to test the thesis, you've got to go and visit potential customers. So, at the, you're not only doing your market research; you're doing uh, you, you're meeting customers as well. Uh, now, you could get this market research done by a market research company in China. There are plenty of them. You know, all the all, all the well-known market research companies are there my experience is that you're better off doing your research yourself with with some assistance from somebody who knows China and somebody who speaks Chinese and so on, because uh, first of all, Uh, what happens with a market researcher is that they know very little, usually, about your business. So the person you're talking to may say something that's very important for your business, and a market researcher would miss it, whereas you, knowing your business, knowing your product, could then say, oh, that's interesting. Maybe we can, you know, could could we look at this? Uh, and and you, you begin to build a relationship. So my preferred way is to go to China, uh, talk to the people. I mean, we used to go uh, probably for two or three weeks sometimes uh, traveling around China, visiting uh, all the companies that, that we wanted to get information from. Now, one of the problems that uh, I've come across in China is that companies have had an approach from a Chinese company uh, and they, uh, you know, they say, we want to, we want to buy your product and, uh, uh, and they tell them how they're going to do it and so on. And I, I always say to them, you know, you really ought to look at other companies. That, you know, this, this company, whilst it might be a very good company, might not be the best company for you. Uh, and I found British companies very reluctant having once made this uh, initial contact, to then widen their horizon and go and look at other people. Uh, and I, I, I personally think that's not, not a great idea. I think, I think that you, you need as much information about as many companies as possible before you can make this decision. And once you've, once you've got all of this information, you can then develop a market entry strategy. And, and I think the market entry strategy 100% must be written down, you know, it should not be in the head of somebody. Uh, and uh, he said, well, I know how to do it or, or whatever, it should be written down, people should know what you're trying trying to achieve. Now, I fully accept that a market entry strategy into a new market is a dynamic document, you know, you will have to change it. Uh, but and, and you should change it, but you should also know what you're aiming to do and why you're changing things.
0: Yeah, it, 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 is, it is really interesting um, talking to you, Robin, because, um, you know, for me, it sounds as if working to be successful um, with any Chinese business partner you almost have to go right back to basics, isn't it? It has to go right to the very beginning of just forming a relationship with that uh, person, that customer, that business, um, finding out what they need, what what their wants are, finding out if there's uh, compatibility, finding out if, if they also want to grow. I mean, I mean, the the questions are endless, isn't it? that's Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah.
1: I mean, the, in many ways, Sophie, of course, these are, these are general questions about developing businesses in new markets, you know? Uh, if you go into a new market blind, then uh, you're gonna get shafted, really. I mean, the, the, the example I often give to people is that, you know, if, if, if you go, say, say you're selling a product and you go to the distributor and you've not done any market research and the dish, distributor says, well, you know, uh, you, your price is a hundred pounds, but you couldn't sell it in China for that sort of money. You know, it would have to be the absolute maximum 50 pounds per item or something like that. Now, if you haven't done any market research, you don't know whether that statement is true or not. You know, I mean, uh, he, he might be saying to you, uh, that, that it's 50 pounds knowing very well that he can sell it for 200 pounds not 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 hundred pounds and all the money goes to him and and that has happened a lot in China where people really did not know the value of their products in the Chinese market or in the western market when they were importing from China uh, and and you, you know, you need the market research to answer the basic questions like, you know, am I pricing this product right? Like? What are the competitors doing? What are their prices? What's their quality like? Where do I, you know, what what segment of the market do I aim at for my product? Uh, because you know, uh, a foreign product certainly has a, 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 a better sort of cachet, as it were, uh, than a Chinese-made product. There's a sort of hierarchy. Uh, Say you were buying a machine. Uh, The best machines are made in Europe or or America or Japan. Uh, The second best ones are made under license, by chinese companies but still using western technology and then the third level are the ones that are made by chinese com- companies using chinese technology so you know, th- there is a benefit from buying uh, a foreign product and i think there's a you can get a premium price for it this depends you know on many things how big that premium might be uh, but people are always willing i think to to, to to buy uh, foreign products. Now that's why China is such a big market. For example, for foreign consumer products, because again, you, we mentioned it earlier. These give you face. Now, if you if you're wearing uh, clothes that are clearly made by Western companies. I mean, I I've seen Sophie. Uh, you know. Yes. And you may not know, not know this, but sometimes when a man goes to buy a suit. Uh, that there's a label stitched on the outside of the sleeve, uh, which says, I don't know, let's say Christian Dior, uh, and, and this label is meant to be taken off. You know, it's only it's only tacked onto the sleeve. But I've seen Chinese people uh, wearing their suits, you know, China, a very prominent businessman with the label on their sleeve to show that I, you know, I'm wearing a Christian Dior suit, uh, rather than the label being in the. Uh, you know, at the back of his neck, where nobody can see it. So, no, the, the, these these things are extremely important.
0: Yes, I mean, and and it's it's really I I know that um you know I'm I've been speaking to uh, some businesses, Robin, who you know get quite frustrated that sometimes that the um they have to almost go back to basics, you know of doing that groundwork and doing the market research. Um, and they want to almost be fast-tracked uh, into the China market. But you know, talking to you, that, that, it just sounds like that cannot happen. I, I,
1: I absolutely accept what you say there, there, there uh, Sophie. I have real big problems at times with clients about market research. Uh, and I tend not to use the word market research talking to clients. You know, I, I prefer a market investigation, but lots and lots of companies yes. look upon market research uh, a, a, as a waste of time and money. And they say, you know, come on, let's get on with business. We don't want to do this market research. You know, it, it, it's, it, we don't need it. But, but in fact, you do. You know, you're, you're, you're go- going into a market where nobody knows you. Nobody knows your product. You don't know anybody. You don't know how the market works. It, 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 quite frankly, it's foolish, Sophie, to go in blind, which is what you're doing if you don't do some basic market research, even if it's only a couple of days research on the internet. I mean, it, you know, you, you, I, more or less anybody can do it. If, if you went to one of the local business schools, they'd be only too happy to make somebody available uh, to you for a week to do this market research because you know that's that's good practical experience and they probably wouldn't make any charge for it. So I know well, I, I'm a great believer in, in in research here.
0: Yeah. So I mean, and and uh, and and I think also when you're doing the market research and then you you do the market research. Um, say, well, whichever country you are in, you then go over to China, because I remember when you spoke about when you first went to China, and you had an example where um, you had to uh, look in the Lonely Planet uh, booklet to gather up information. So on the other side, they, they will, they would be asking you questions, I suppose, as well to, 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 under, to see that you understand where they're also coming from.
1: Absolutely, uh, you yes. know that they are they, they, uh, a number of almost standard questions. You know, yes. who else do you do business with? Uh, yes. And they ideally they they would like business with Microsoft or Motors or something like that, but. You need to be careful that you should yes. not assume uh, that the Chinese counterparties know a lot about the oil market, about, say, the UK or America, or whatever. And, and I, we've talked again about face. And we keep coming back to face, Sophie. One of the problems with, yeah. with China is that they, uh, they are let's say, relatively ignorant of what happens in the West, even today, where business has changed enormously. Uh, But they're reluctant to ask questions because asking a question means admitting that you know and not knowing loses your face. Uh, So often the questions don't get asked. So you've got to work out a way of communicate information to them uh, without losing face. And the obvious way to do that is through, you know, presentations and information about your company and so on. Uh, But you do need to be wary uh, that you cannot assume, uh, one case where I was doing some teaching at Manchester Business School, uh and we were talking about some sort of fairly uh, esoteric financing schemes uh, and I mentioned an invoice and this to a sorry this to a group of these people uh, and some put their hand and said excuse me this far too high So I think you're absolutely right so if we, you know back to because you don't know who they don't know and it's much better to tell them though they do know know it than not to tell them
0: yeah so so what you're saying robin it's not to assume anything so a lot of times we go in uh, assuming that our, our partner, our potential partner, knows what we're talking about, but actually they might not.
1: I think that's true, I think that's, uh, that's true. What, you know, it's the old story, Sophie, what is an ex- the definition of an expert? An expert is, is somebody who knows more than you do. Uh, uh, and, uh, you know, you may know nothing, uh, and he, uh, the other guy, I didn't know a great deal, but he, he knows more than you. I mean, I can remember some very complicated scientific instruments uh, uh, to steelworks in Eastern Europe, uh, and I was uh, one of the guys I dealt with. was had a PhD in chemistry, uh, and one day he said to me, "Robin, you know, where did you learn all your chemistry?" And I said. Uh, I don't know any chemistry. He said, oh, yes, you do. He said, you know, IHD chemistry, Me things I don't know. But, you know, what it was, was that I'd learned these things about the product, but I had nothing, you know, I had no real idea of of the chemical principles behind it. And and I think that's what happens, uh, Sophie, you know, people think that, we think that people know more than they really do. And that, that is much better uh, to start from pause and, and in the end, they say, look, Robin, I, I know this. Uh, that's fine. Uh, but the things that, that, that people don't know, I mean, it's your product, you know, why should they know things about your product? Why should they know things about uh, uh you know they know their own products and their own market but even then maybe not as well as
0: yes yeah i, I totally understand that Sorry. and so it's, oh, it's uh yes i'm still here yeah it's okay keep talking we can we can edit some bits out <laughs> the internet's gone a yep. bit funny <laughs> so uh yeah
1: do you want me to repeat anything?
0: Yeah, if you could just repeat that, just repeat again. Yeah.
1: Well, what, what, what I was saying was that, that, that um, you know, you, 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 really what I'm saying is you cannot assume people's knowledge. Uh, at the very least, you've got to test that they've got that knowledge. Uh, and uh, and start off from first principles, and then if they say to you, well, you know, w- we know that, uh, then then you can go on to on, on to some to something else. But uh, it's it, in my experience, it's very rare uh, that people say, oh, we already know that, because if you're in a meeting anyway, so if you in China, it's not going to be yeah. a one-to-one meeting with somebody. There's, there can be as many as, I've been in meetings with 30 people, uh, you know, some of whom you have no idea who they are, and some of them are maybe a lot more important than the person you're, you're speaking to. So you can't assume a level of knowledge with, 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 with say, let's say half a dozen people, because each one will have a different le- uh, level of knowledge and therefore the only starting point would be from first principles
0: yeah i mean i i have been in many a meetings robin where uh, somebody has been talking uh and obviously i the more specialized they get uh, they are um that there was there was a the lot of language i i totally don't understand and and again it's it's through just sheer embarrassment or you know thinking that i should know that i don't raise my hand up and say well actually you know, I want to stop you for flow because I, I don't understand what you're
1: talking about. Yeah, I mean, I, I, that's happened to me as well. But I, I, uh, I now get, proceed on the assumption, uh, Sophie, if there are a number of people in the room, and you know, I'm, I'm an experienced businessman, uh, uh, and if I don't know what they're talking about, the chances are that there are other people in the room that don't know what they're talking about. Uh, So it's best to explain, uh, ask them to explain it. I mean, uh, and I've certainly been in situations where people have used acronyms, for example. Uh, You know, they say, oh, well, you know, it's the X, Y, Z. And you say, "Um, excuse me, can you tell me what X, Y, Z means? And they've had to say, no, I don't know. You know, which is very embarrassing for everybody. uh, Because people do use phrases or... Uh, abbreviations or whatever, without really thinking what they are. Uh, and so, as I say, if you if you don't know, then the chances are that there are other people in the room don't know either. Therefore, it is always a good thing to start off from basics.
0: And and I totally agree. And uh, because I think as as time goes along and, um, you know, if relationships are formed and they're formed on the assumption that you do know when you don't know, uh, it can get very complicated later on.
1: Oh, that's right. And and, and of course, if you don't ask at the beginning, uh, you know, it's very difficult sort of later on in the relationship to go back and say, you know that particular thing I don't understand what it is because then you then you lose face you look you look foolish because you, you've allowed them to go on and on and on uh, and not really understanding what they say so I, I I don't think there's anything wrong with asking questions like that I mean I know the Chinese have a great deal of different difficulty with this because i i i said to you asking questions means admitting that you don't know and 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 admitting that you don't know means that you lose face and in a way you know when you've been in that meeting sophie you can see how you know if you look at your feelings how you felt no should i ask the question shouldn't i you can see how the chinese feel and how they don't want to lose face but the 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 information is the is the most important thing, and I don't believe that you lose face by uh, asking questions. I think that you, you you know asking questions is a key skill.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I totally agree, Robin. I mean. It's it's actually been really fascinating talking to you today, and we've only actually got five minutes left of this webinar. So I just wanted to know if you could just uh, just give a summary of what we've talked about and uh, just give us a a quick snapshot of what the next webinar will be. I I know that we're doing a 10 part series, so I wonder if you could could do that. Thank you. Well,
1: uh, I'll give you the summary. Uh, What. I've said, uh, and what I've put over is that that China China is a complex market. Uh, It's a very large market. uh, And you need, before you actually make decisions about your business, you need to know what is happening in the market. And the only way you can do that is by doing some background research. Uh, at some market market or marketing research. And the first place to start is uh, doing secondary research, that is, looking on the internet, uh, trade publications, books. There are plenty of good books on how to do business in China. Uh, And once you've got done that research, you can then do, prepare a draft, market entry strategy and then i would go to china and i would test my assumptions that i've made in that market entry strategy by talking to other companies doing direct primary research in china uh, and seeing whether my assumptions were correct and where they weren't correct Uh, I would change them and almost certainly new information will come to light from your primary research and you would include that in your market entry strategy as well. You also might find either that your market entry strategy is not ambitious enough or it might be too ambitious. Another point uh, that I would like to make is that that China is a very large market uh, and you should start small you should start maybe with a city or maximum a province uh, before uh, going uh, trying to cover the whole of china because it it, it is just Im- impossible uh, you know you, you you wouldn't be able as an individual for example you wouldn't be able to cover europe the, the european union uh, and, and china is three times the size of the european union so you need to concentrate Now, everybody has finite uh, resources, and you need to concentrate these resources where your market research tells you that they will do best.